Welcome to episode 97 of the Black and Fashion Podcast. I am your host, Lenise Collier. Um, thank you guys for joining me every week. As you know, we're bumping up to, we're almost at 100. We're almost at my three-year anniversary where we'll be doing a live taping. Of course, I can't start any show without acknowledging all of our amazing Black-owned women sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Adorn. They're located in Harlem. They are a natural hair care salon. They have moved their entire um, salon over to memberships now. So you can get on your healthy hair care journey, journey by starting with the membership. I am also a customer. I've been going to them for about two years now my hair is natural underneath this weave <laughs> but they are the silk press queens and make sure you book an appointment all of their information will be in the show notes so today i am joined with janai how are you i'm good thank you for having me thank you just move the mic a little bit closer to okay. you Thank you so much for joining me today. I feel like of I have course. so much to unpack for you. <laughs> sure. So I just want you to just start out. Um, I like to do a little icebreaker called this or that. Just tell me what you prefer over the other, okay? Sure. Um, skinny leg or flare leg? Flare. Side boob or under boob? Under. Um, bucket hats or baseball hats? Bucket. Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> um, a wedge or a mule? Mule. Mule. Okay, all right. Sound like me. <laughs> All right, so just tell me a little bit about your background, where you're from, um, and how you got started. I'm from Brooklyn, um, born and raised. I'm actually from Bedside, so this area. It was a little nostalgic, like driving over here. Um, went to school here. Went to school a little bit in Maryland, but mostly been in New York. Um, how I got started in the fashion industry, I pretty much. Um, was like a mentee or like a little sister to my aunt. She is very, very creative. She's a Leo like me. Nice. Um, and she would teach me, you know, different techniques of distressing denim. So I kind of fell in love with that because it was something easy, mm -hmm. creative um, to do at home. Gotcha. So that's, and that was like a big thing in the 90s. Mm -hmm. um, so she introduced me to that, fell in love with it. So then when I got to college, I ended up like making that my side hustle. Okay. So I would essentially like distress denim, repurpose denim, do all types of crazy things with denim um, when I was in college. And yes. it was fun for me, but I kind of always knew I wanted to do like a cut and sew collection. Okay. So um, I took a step back from that when I went to law school. And then yes, about uh, two years ago, <laughs> I got back into it, started taking some classes, um, started learning like different. I didn't, I don't, I don't do everything myself for my mm -hmm. brand, but I wanted to learn about fabrication i wanted to learn about pattern making i wanted to learn about sketching so i spent pretty much the whole pandemic and even like uh 10 months before the pandemic mm -hmm. taking classes and learning things um about that so i know how to direct people and how to like really facilitate things like the logistics or whatever have you yeah. um so yeah from there i launched took a step out on faith it took me a, quite a while what was to your launch. actual launch august 15th 2020 oh last year yeah last year okay so all right perfect pretty much like a year ago that's funny because that's i think i must have i must have saw your launch right when you did it then. yeah yeah I, I think so because um i had just released a bag collection oh you did yeah i released nice. a bag collection and in my collection i had two denim bags oh really and the young lady that was my influencer at the time that she was shooting she sent there and she was like girl look at it was the corset mm -hmm. and it had three colors and the bag had the same colors in oh, it nice. and she was just like i want to shoot this with this bag oh, okay. and i'm like okay by the top i'll reimburse you mm -hmm. <laughs> and then i sent her the bag and then she oh. shot it with that bag oh, mm -hmm. nice. I 
thought that was nice. But yeah, I feel like you came out of nowhere and you just like blossomed. And I love it. I love to see it. Um, I work with a lot of different designers. Mm -hmm. So just seeing, I was just like, this is the way you do it. But I feel like you got the education side of it first, opposed to like just jumping in head first. So on average, what would you say your development process looks like when you're doing a collection? Like, do you go through a couple sample rounds before Mm -hmm. you actually get to that final one? Mm -hmm. Um, How long would you... I guess advise designers to start in advance before they're about to launch. Like just for good. Yeah, like how long they should be starting. Like every time you redo mm-hmm. a season, how mu- how much time do you give yourself in between? Oh, between seasons. So I'll break that up. So mm-hmm. like between when I first launched, I mean I did like a lot of research, just figuring things out. Mm-hmm. So that process for me took like almost a year. And then also like getting the samples, and I was new to it. I was mm-hmm. new to changes to samples. So now I'm making. You know, a lot less samples for one item, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm learning. But it's your first as, time. It took you a year. It took me about a year. I just want <laughs> y'all to hear that loud and clear. <laughs> it takes a year mm-hmm. to get it right on your first try. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it took me about a year um, to launch those pieces. I was very scared of pre-order. As okay. a, you know, being a customer, I hate pre-order, but it's a little different right. when you um, run in the business. So. Um, for that, that took me about a year. And I'll be honest, like, even um, today, I'm still um, getting used to, like, the different collections and keeping up with the seasons. Like, mm-hmm. that's probably um, the most challenging as far as, like, production. But one thing that's a little bit comforting is watching other people that do really well is that um, it's not the same as it was 20 years ago. Absolutely. When not. you, you know, the way that people release their um, fall pretty much in June, mm-hmm. their fall, winter in June, it's a little different different um in the fast fashion space and i don't think that my brand is fast fashion but it's, it's a little not. different it's like it's pretty much in between i feel like you're contemporary yeah definitely yeah, contemporary. contemporary so it's like i have that um flexibility a little bit because you know people are traveling so you're not really tied to releasing that full collection in june like you were 20 years ago so i'm adjusting to like mm-hmm. the balance between that Gotcha. Um, and still making sure that I have things in season available for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say um, to launch a new collection fully and to have it readily available too, because that's mm-hmm. a whole different thing. Right. <laughs> it takes about like two to three months. Yeah. I feel like I've, so I've, you gotta I've plan stressed ahead. that so much to my clients. Yeah. And it just sometimes it don't come across. And, it, and like for us, the development process takes six months. Okay. And then the um, production process can take one to three depending on your budget depending yeah. on if the fabrics are available and yeah. we're doing everything you do everything domestically too right yeah yeah we doing everything domestically like in the garment district some mm-hmm. stuff is done in-house but mm-hmm. i feel like i get a lot of pushback like yeah. from new designers that they're always just like this is taking too long and i'm just like if you only knew the amount of work that goes into like mm-hmm. pattern making and mm-hmm. um just construction and samples and stuff like that yeah. i'm just like i wish that more people would invest <clears throat> in education like mm-hmm. you did to like really further them along in the process because i think that they would understand it a lot better if they were seeking the educational piece or even like you said you was doing stuff yourself mm-hmm. and learning like and learn like those technical skills so right. that you can delegate out right. i say something about a french team nobody knows what the hell i'm talking about right. like and if you're like rushing, mm-hmm. that is just it just doesn't work in your favor. Like for me, I say two to three months because it could be like um, I don't know. For like sketching comes a little bit easier now for mm-hmm. me because I've sketched so much right, for so like the a, last two years. So I have stuff. <laughs> like, okay, 
oh, I'll pull these three pieces. Maybe these three are new, but mm-hmm. these three I already sketched before. I already have the idea for it. Mm-hmm. So that's why that could be a little bit fast. But if not, then that could take time to really make sure you're putting out stuff that you really like, not just putting out you know, just anything that. just because. Right. And then the pattern making and the samples take time. You have to get it right. And then also, I feel like, the fabrication changes. It oh, yeah. Well, you, they say you're supposed to pick your fabrics first, which yeah. is true for the base, but sometimes you may want to, like, twist things up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, offer more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got to wait for the fabric to come in. I don't know, like, any good fabric that doesn't take at least three weeks' time. Yeah. So that's just, you know, your patterns could be sitting there, but you got to wait wait for what you want. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I then think, yeah, I think... Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I just want, I want them, I just, I feel like they needed to hear from you. Yeah. Someone that's, you know, doing it, bending it, understands it, mm-hmm. opposed to like, I don't know, like, I feel like a lot of the designers are, like you said, they're rushing and yeah. then I like, push it through and like fabrics are like such an important thing and even making sure it even like, especially with denim too. Yeah. I just feel like making sure the right shirt, like this, it took me, I didn't get this denim for like four weeks before yeah. I made this jumpsuit. Like, mm-hmm. and then I put it, I did like the whole like pre-order thing and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but it like, it takes like, a long to me a long time mm-hmm. and i've been in the business for a while and it just seems like it takes a long time do you think that just having domestic production is better with the quality since it's way more hands-on because i find that people like they don't want to pay the price but domestic production is more expensive than going overseas especially depending on how many units you make so they depend on units and sizes and i think it's worth it you mm-hmm. know because you're hands-on you can walk into the factory and yeah. see everything yourself opposed to going overseas mm-hmm. and you know oh, they want to make something that people have people tell me like oh yeah i want to make this i want to sell for 50 dollars i'm like where yeah here yeah new york you want to make it in new york you want to sell for 50 dollars never gonna happen yeah. <laughs> so i would say I, it's a huge huge advantage to having domestic production because like you said you can walk in you can see what's going on and to be honest with you i've you know spoke to people that do um their production overseas and you think oh i'm going overseas to china they do this like this is their thing like this is going to be so phenomenal and they make every there's always you have to leave some room for error because there's always going to be something that needs to be adjusted and sometimes it could be on you mm-hmm. sometimes it could be on production but it's just so valuable to be able to be there to stop in every two three days to see what's going on like i've exactly. had things mess up that i can still sell right you know but it's just like and it could have been like an error on my part like i wasn't as thorough as i could have been on mm-hmm. my cut ticket or whatever have you and um you know you can still sell it and you know things like you you still have those advantages but it's like at least you can be um ahead of it gotcha. rather than receiving a box or something that's just like you know not what you wanted and also i know that like with um international production people have problems with sizing always so you can't you can't really get a top on that because the um the shipping charges are going to be so high mm-hmm. and the quality like terrible i'll be honest i get a lot of my, i get my fabric terrible. from overseas yeah but me the, too but the production of something from overseas is totally different mm-hmm. because like all the small details that you may have on your item they're gonna miss it if you have boning somewhere they might miss it yeah. so many different things yeah, i mean sure. and a lot of people i feel like that they compare to um like you they'll compare it to like Bauman or something and it's like they have a whole factory right. in-house in Italy. factory <laughs> in Italy. It's not like they're just sitting it to you know, they the have tiger, like yeah. a whole 
like you know like mm-hmm. a whole a whole building probably yeah. of of their own production so right. you compare it to like these um like you know and you but look at the price points on those things yeah. like they're they're being handcrafted like yeah yeah they're not using like in fast fashion it's machine work yeah like you do like it's one person that's doing the side seams it's a different mm-hmm. person that's doing like the crotch seams it's yeah. like different boys like when you're in southern domestic that one person that's in the factory is working on everything it's right. one person cutting it's one person sewing and mm-hmm. then somebody else is pressing and steaming and right. doing like handwork right um, when you first started like when you did your first production did you do everything by yourself did you hire like an assistant or an intern or anything like that no i didn't because um one thing like with all business business ventures mm-hmm. i always like to be um like to know everything like step like from all the steps mm-hmm. um from a to z i like to do everything myself initially and then have people come in but at least if i started with someone then maybe i wouldn't have caught everything or, right. or seen every mistake firsthand mm-hmm. um but no i didn't because i'm pretty i will say i'm really good with logistics i guess it comes from being a professional and different things like that like juggling a whole bunch of things mm-hmm. I, and i also it was like a learning experience for me too so that's why i wanted to do everything it wasn't like i was just you know Gotcha. But I didn't have the luxury. Of so how is it being like a? I want to even. I want to call you like a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> I feel like because like you're a lawyer, mm-hmm. you have a, you're a designer, mm-hmm. um, you're an MBA agent mm-hmm. too. So how 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 is it like? And th- you're recently married too. Recently married. How is it like juggling? That's a lot. It's like you have it all. How mm-hmm. is it like juggling all of that? It's hard. Um, but what I will say is I have like amazing help. Mm-hmm. Um, in all different aspects. Um. Like with my firm, I have staff, you know, I've had my firm now four years, so I have my staff. I'm there every day, um, and I just, it's just time management, mm-hmm. I would say, and then I, now I have staff at Broken Land, mm-hmm. people that are helping me out daily, so I feel nice. like it's just time management, um, and just trying to stay on top of things as much as possible, and things are always gonna come up. Um, but yeah, just time mm-hmm. management, and How's yeah, the I am kinda thing? tired. Yeah, I was like, that's how's the NBA? <laughs> um, that's new. Um, just started talking to players this year. So right. hopefully you'll be hearing something about that soon. But Good. that's amazing. I also um, recently took the NFL agent's test on my nice. birthday. Oh, yeah, you're a so Leo, right? So that was interesting. Never did anything educational on my birthday before, but mm-hmm. first time for everything. Gotcha. And hoping that went well. Well, that's nice. So what did you do for your birthday? I you just did that like literally just education no fun oh no That's I just... had a party <laughs> oh, okay I had a, it was a surprise party I okay. turned thirty so I knew that my husband was gonna do something nice. um I just didn't know what I was really happy to see all my family and friends there it was like a um it was like it was like a party but then it also had like a burlesque show nice. and then there was this um, mind reader there it was weird that's kind of like a magician slash mind reader but he was a lot of fun too nice that's what's so we up. had a good time i know that's like a lot like time management i feel like that's probably some of like the hardest things to do like yeah. it's to manage out your time i get mm-hmm. that all the time i have four businesses too oh, nice. yeah this um i have my brand i make mm-hmm. bags and outerwear mm-hmm. then i have the consultant agency and um I guess, it, do you ever feel, I guess, like, super-duper overwhelmed with anything, even with all the time management? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, well, you don't really have, like, a, a service-based business because you're selling products, but I'm dealing with, like, 300 
different designers right now. Oh yes, I yeah. Yes, I'm dealing. That I'm with, doing patterns, and it's yeah. just like like the, like with yeah. I guess with services you have to learn how to deal with multiple different mm-hmm. personalities and mm-hmm. how people work, and even as like now you're adding staff, mm-hmm. and for me that has been the hardest part because then I get emotionally attached to some of them, and mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, this is not working, and mm-hmm. you know I give like several chances, and I was reading something like you got to be. Um, quick to fire and slow to hire. Mm. And, oh, you mean as far as like your staff? Yeah, as far oh. as like staff goes. Like I just feel like dealing with different personalities, whether it's staff mm-hmm. or whether it's like a, like a client or something like that, I think that has been the tra- most challenging part for me as far as like keeping my peace together. Mm-hmm. And because I'm so passionate about what I do, I've been ready to flip mm-hmm. like that. So how do you handle, I guess, like stress and stuff like that when it comes to all these different people that you constantly have to encounter, you constantly have to work with, or you're, mm-hmm. you're constantly having to explain things without, I don't know, I'll be ready to pop. Mm-hmm. That's just, I'm from Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Born and raised, I'll be ready to pop off really? on people. Yeah, especially clients. So for the clients, because I have a lot of clients with my firm, mm-hmm. um, it's tough being young, being black, um, being a woman in the legal industry. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like I always just set boundaries. A lot of my clients are young. Um, Most of my staff is, I would say, 75% of my staff is older than me. Okay. Um, So it's a challenge, and I just have to always set boundaries. Um, Like, I don't really do... I have a good relationship with my staff, but, you know, we're not friends. So that is, like, it's, it's a challenge because, you know, it's a lot of young black women that I work with, but... You have to just set those boundaries. I think that's the most important, and also just maintain respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I know you say like you're ready to flip, but I always tell even my staff when they're dealing with the clients that could be rude, that could be disrespectful. I say always vent to your coworkers, mm-hmm. but don't ever let that show through to the clients. And that's the same thing that I do with the customers for Broken Land. It's always the um, commercial or like you know the uh, politically correct approach even if I feel like maybe the customer is wrong mm-hmm. you know the customer is always supposed to be right mm-hmm. and I don't want people to fear, to ever leave um, you know their experience with Broken Land feeling like oh you know they don't feel heard even if they could have been wrong in that specific situation mm-hmm. so yeah Once I just try to take the commercial approach and just set boundaries and I think it's important maybe to set boundaries with your clients too gotcha. um, so that you don't take all of that home with you like you want to see people thrive you want to see people do well but it can't be at your expense yeah that's I think that's where I'm at like I'm really just ready to like like now my my staff at LC is 12 of them mm-hmm. that I just want them to do the services like I'm yeah. over it like I'm just focused on the education side so I yeah. teach pattern making mm-hmm. and sewing and draping and I'm like cause I love my students mm-hmm. my students never give me problems yeah. <laughs> and I teach uh, I teach merchandise management I teach tech pack development like I teach it all and I love this is because I, I love people who want to learn mm-hmm. you know but like is those people they're trying to rush and they act crazy and sometimes I just want to be like I got time today mm-hmm. and I know I shouldn't have that approach and I'm trying my best so that's why I'm trying to like step away from it mm-hmm. so that I won't go that way and I'm just mm-hmm. and I like talking to other entrepreneurs that are working and in mm-hmm. that space I'm just like right, how are you handling this because yeah. for me it's also still I would say, say relatively new I've only had a, a commercial space in the staff for 
a year. It's only okay. been a year for me. Um, mm-hmm. And that full-time entrepreneurship role, mm-hmm. I've been in like for a year and a half. Okay. We were in my house first, and then we moved to a space. Mm-hmm. And I'm literally about to drive myself crazy. Yeah. Like, I, I just like, okay. And just- you guys <laughs> take some self-care day, too. Yeah. Sometimes, you like, it's not for long. Like, I know some people say, oh, I disconnect for a week. It's not really realistic for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, getting that facial every month, going to get a massage every month, um, you know, just going out for drinks and not really talking about work, mm-hmm. that helps, I feel like. Sometimes yeah. you can't go for Bring two it weeks. Bring it on home. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, having fun and having that time to, like, really take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. I um, recently started doing Pilates, too. Nice. So, it's like all those things, oh, like, I add into my schedule. I need to do Pilates. <laughs> I'm like, I need to do some Pilates. <laughs> yeah. I really like it. Okay. So, I have a segment. It's called, It's uh-huh. a Success. Or it's it, a disaster. Is it a success or a disaster? <laughs> yeah, it's a success or it's a disaster. Okay. Basically, I want you to tell me about a time in your business where something went completely, I guess, bad. Like, mm-hmm. it went to shit and something you learned from the experience that, like, actually you incorporated in your business or you decided not to do any more from that. Um, and this segment is actually brought to you by um, <laughs> Style by B. Um, do you find that even with the very best of intentions, you usually just end up dressing safe or boring? You want to get excited about life and try something new, but just end up in the same old, same old. Let her help you, help you get started. She'll take your stress out of getting dressed for you no matter what you're doing. So, Janai, you just want to tell me about something that was terrible, mm-hmm. but then it turned out a success. <laughs> Um, let me think, let me think. Um, Maybe a production one. Production one? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I want to, like, get something more juicy. Go ahead. Go thing, ahead. Get it juicy. Go think, juicy. Go juicy. No, I'll think about something else. But one thing... <clears throat> I have the um, the Cody pants, which are the half pleated pants that mm-hmm. everybody loves. Um, and when I start, I one thing that I lo- I wanted to do in the beginning is kind of like set myself apart by like doing hardware on the clothing, um, something that people could see, but it's not so flashy. Um, so with the Cody pants, I was like going against the grain, and I was like putting um, instead of jean buttons, mm-hmm. which is like on the standard jeans, I was using snaps. Okay. Which is a nice idea. Um, the snaps are imported, okay. but um, it didn't work so well with the jeans because I'm not realizing that I'm giving these jeans to all women of all different sizes. And the snaps, the whole point of a jean button and the way that jeans work is they have to be secure when you're sitting, when you're standing, right. etc. So that had to go. So I had a few um, exchanges and returns based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was kind of like, you know, like it kind of stung a little bit because mm-hmm. it's like, because it's a custom snap. Right. And I thought that I was like making it more appealing to the customer. And I think that it does look really nice. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really work. So that was one of the things where I learned like, when you're going to go against the grain for something, you have to be sure that you are replacing it with something that is equally as secure. And you're not just doing something for cosmetic purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to serve the same purpose. Gotcha. So that makes sense. Yeah. I had a friend who had something similar to that. <clears throat> she, uh, I do, I do NYC Garment District tours the first Friday every month. Okay. I take people to like 19 different places in the Garment District oh, so they can nice. learn how to really understand the process. Oh, so nice. she was one of the first people who went on tour to kind of venture out and did it on her own. Mm-hmm. And she went in. She got. She was doing like lingerie. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she did panties. Mm-hmm. And she did chains on the side of the panties. Um, and then she, the whole production was done. And yeah. realized she couldn't get the motherfuckers up. <laughs> and I was right. cracking up. And I was just like, you never should. But it was so cute, like, the way yeah. I thought about it. And then it just made me think of that when you said that, like, she couldn't even put them on. And yeah. I was just like, it should have had, like, a hook or something like that. Or something elastic. Or something elastic or something in mm-hmm. it. And then for me, my worst one was... <clears throat> I had the, on my cut ticket, my fabric was turned the wrong way. So they made all the pants on the wrong side. That was, I did that. I was just like. <laughs> oh my God. I, I was just like, how, Sway? How did you do that? Moving too fast. So now when I do cut tickets, I do them at home. Yeah. I think I did the cut ticket in the factory. I was rushing. Right. I was stapling them to them and stuff like yeah. that. And I just wasn't paying attention. Yeah. And made a whole bunch of pants on the wrong <laughs> side. So. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It was the worst. <laughs> But that's why I don't really make clothes. I make outerwear <laughs> and I make jackets. Speaking of jackets, I I got so much love from your coat. Really? When I tell you so much, like anytime I walk anywhere with it, I only wore it like I think I wore it on Valentine's Day. Okay. And then I wore it like two or time, two or three times after that. Mm-hmm. And I got so much love. And I'm like, well, wait, it zips off. Wait a minute. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I zipped it off. They're like, this is a bomb. I'm like, I know, I know, mm-hmm. I love it, I love it. And I got this free handbag too. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. I saw what purchase, but mm-hmm. do you do like do you always try to initiate like some type of gift for purchase just to like bring the customers in a little bit more, just something mm-hmm. special for them? Um, I wouldn't say to bring the customers in, but I just feel like I guess I'm re- the business is really dear to me. So mm-hmm. anybody that's shopping with me, every chance that I can, if I have extra whatever have you, I just try to implement something where it's like fun and you feel like oh you get to see more of the brand. Because I appreciate that um, when, like, you know, if I'm shopping and somebody does it for me, mm-hmm. even if it's something small, like a little lipstick or something, right. like, yeah, I just try to, you know, provide something where I can so you could just see more of the brand. Because that's really what I've been trying to do, like, just have people to kind of, like, believe in the brand, like, believe in the quality of the brand. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you know, years from now, you don't kind of have to question, like, oh, is this going to be right? Or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so make that a foundation for the your brand. The integrity of the brand. That's what I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to develop. Nice. Love that. All right. So, last segment before we wrap and get out of here. I know mm-hmm. we both tired. Um, mm-hmm. It's just called It's a, it's a Muse. So, if there's any, like, quote or book or affirmation mantra anything you want to share that just keeps you motivated that you think could help someone else it could be a crystal or reading mm-hmm. anything like that a meditation <laughs> yeah um one thing that i did start to develop like right before like during this whole process mm-hmm. is what is it called um the music that um you said so much just now you got you have it's a whole bunch of them what was it? It's the rain uh, sounds. I listened to those. Like you talking about, like like soft, like music. No, the sleep? chakra. Chakras. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. I I've been listening to that, and to me, it's just so relaxing in mm-hmm. the morning. Um, I think music does it for me, and but what I will say, um, just generally, is I feel like doing this process the most important thing is just to be always in a learning space mm-hmm. and certainly your business everybody i know that's super successful no one's ever like super pretentious and like like the people that are really doing well mm-hmm. they're so humble no one is really like super pretentious they're always in a learning space and like mm-hmm. when you're when you're speaking to people whatever like your entrepreneurial journey is I feel like you should just always be in a learning space and I'm always in a learning space when I'm speaking to people if I don't know something I'm gonna say oh I don't really know what you're talking about mm-hmm. and let's indulge like teach me something I could teach you something like let's you know 
see what we know and I feel like um a little bit now like everything is so much like a who's who and like people are like you know always networking but mm. always for an advantage right and I just learned that I'm always in a learning space and when I meet people like all the people that I work with now I've known in some like limited capacity or I've seen in passing mm -hmm. and by me just having a casual conversation and just opening up to what I'm doing and like like I said being in a learning space so like here I'm here but I'm trying to you know do this or mm -hmm. trying to learn this like things just come into my path so I would just say my mantra, I guess, is to just always be in a learning space, always trying to get new information. I'm always signing up for some class. When mm -hmm. I'm driving, I'm listening to the master class mm -hmm. of somebody that did something in mm. fashion or something, just to learn from other people's mistakes, learn right. about other people's journey and just, you know. Are you playing with Jess from Fashionpreneur Academy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's um, from Maryland, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had spoke briefly, and you did an event together, and I would have been there. We did. But I, um, I think I was traveling. Gosh. We're actually, yeah. we're, um, we're business partners, so a lot of people go through her master program. Okay. And then they come to me for their production and their product oh. development afterwards, and then nice. I'm doing the, for her retreat next year, I'm doing the L.A. tour. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we'll partner on that, too. Yes, my girl. Yeah, the yeah. first, I mean, I'll be in touch with you, and mm -hmm. the first chance I get, I definitely want to go. But, like, even for that um like i would i would go to anything mm -hmm. like as if i'm starting from stage one mm -hmm. you know just to learn just to see like did i, I miss something at the beginning <laughs> like i don't care like i always want to learn and however i could tweak what i am doing right. i always want to do that because it's like i know what i know but then i know there's so much that i don't know mm -hmm. and there's always room for change mm -hmm. so yeah i'm always in a learning space always trying to you know Figure something out or learn about something. I wish more know? people had that mentality. Like, mm -hmm. well, it's not even more people. I wish more of my clients had the learning <laughs> mentality, but mm -hmm. they're getting there. Like, I'm just going to have to, you know, shift. Like, I guess, like, in business, we're constantly analyzing what's working and what's not working. Yeah. And then whatever's not working, we just start to shift and pivot. And now I don't even work with people who don't want classes. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, it's that important to me that you understand. Because if you're not learning, right. you're not going to be successful. So if, and then that mistakes. keeps you not, that keeps me honestly from not having repeat business. I can't yeah. manufacture or produce a line or product development line if you're not selling anything. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to me for the educational piece. So now I'm just shifting my focus into strongly into education and just letting my team handle like the services. But mm -hmm. I'm going to be more particular now with That's the clientele because I just cannot. So yeah. I brought you something. Yeah, I did. I know you're a busy woman. So I know you're the, you're thank the denim you. queen. So. I bought you something from that collection. This Thank denim. You so much. It's a my little version of a denim lunch bag. So. This is beautiful. <laughs> so it's 100% leather and denim, and then on the inside is lined with 100% silk, and it's made right here in Brooklyn. I love this. <laughs> Thank you. My yeah. computer can fit. Mm -hmm. All natural my. brass hardware. So, and I'm coming out actually. I'm coming out with a coat that goes with this. Oh really? Box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. I can't yeah. wait to see it. Yeah, I need a little lint. Okay. Not in the back. No, yeah. <laughs> like, no, I love it. Yeah, I'm I glad you it. like it. I was like, let me make sure I wear my headband today. Came Thank with my you. coat. And <laughs> I have that other piece with the opening that's here. Oh, the angle. The I had the, top? Yeah, and mm -hmm. I have the shorts and stuff like that to match. Oh, I just nice. it was I couldn't I couldn't I didn't have time to iron it. <laughs> I was like, I should come with the whole get up one, but I was just like, I don't have time to iron I it. I was brushing. I love it. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys follow Janai. Um, mm -hmm. I'll make sure I put all of her social media handles in the show notes so you guys can shop. She has. You have a new collection out now too, right? I do. Mm -hmm. Yes. You want to go ahead and throw a little promo for summer, that? Summer collection uh, is available now, and also the anniversary collection. We just made one year. 
August 15th and also stay tuned for our collaboration project that's coming with Angela Simmons that'll be available for fall winter amazing well we wish you the best of luck I'm so happy for you I've seen you grow so fast I'm like you go girl thank you see you guys soon as I always say stay black peace out